Alright guys, welcome to episode 39 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy Tyler. And I'm Ever Castro. And today we're going to be talking about what we've been watching, um, which is, you know, we're going to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah, which is the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to talk about uh, some of our favorite moments in WWE and, and stuff like that, because uh, a certain <laughs> uh, drug-addicted human was uh, was a big part of that. Um We'll talk about a trailer for Mortal Kombat that just dropped, and then lastly, we'll talk about Ever really escaping his comfort zone to, to just get away <laughs> from the city of Raleigh, you know, and just really put himself, you know, kind of isolated, right? Like, mm-hmm. unaware of his surroundings. But first... First, let's start with what we've been watching. Yeah, so this week I started, or I watched a movie called <clears throat> The Death of Stalin on Netflix. And okay. so this is uh, directed, written and directed by Armando Iannucci. And he's done some British shows called like In the Loop. And I think a movie called, no, the movie's called In the Loop. The, the show that it's based on was called The Thick of It. And it's sort of political yeah. satire. But here in America, he's most known for doing Veep. The show Veep on HBO. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so he, he created that show and, and wrote for it for a while. And, and he was the showrunner for most of it until the end. Um, but the the movie is uh, stars Steve Buscemi, um, the dad from Arrested Development, whose name I just literally, like, my mind went blank, uh, Jason Isaacs. And it's it's basically what the title is. It's They all play Russians uh, during the Soviet Union era uh, right after Joseph Stalin dies. And it's a comedy. It's like a dark comedy. Okay. And, um, I liked it. Okay. Um, it, it's sort of, it's one of those things where like the movie starts off with a bang and you can tell that the idea that they have, or like what they wanted to run on was like sort of what they were like, Oh dude, what if we made a movie about this and like these kind of situations. And then by the end it sort of loses its steam or it sort of loses its focus a little bit. So by the time it ended, I was kind of like, that was good. But like the first half, it just like, it starts off like firing on all cylinders. Um, and what I, what I mean by the idea is that it it shows this sort of the comedic aspects of everybody having to fall in line with like what Stalin was doing or like what Stalin, how he controlled the, the country. Um, an example is early, early on, like the first opening scene there, it starts off like at a <clears throat> at like a musical concert, like an opera sort of thing. Right. And um you know, there's like these two sound guys in the back. They're just kind of like, sort of like bored, like, you know, their arms around their chins, just kind of waiting for it to end. And so the thing ends and they get a call and it's Stalin. And he literally says, hi, I like a recording of tonight's performance and hangs up. And the dudes are like, holy shit. Oh my God. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he's like, did you record it? He's like, no. He's like, you fucking idiot. You killed us both. And so he, one of the dudes runs out and he gets like people. And he's like, everybody back to the seats, back to the seats, back to the fucking seats. And like half the people are left. So they get everybody back. They bring people in from the streets. They get like the band back um, because it's like, if they don't do this, then they will be like, just picked up by a random car and like taken and killed. And Jesus. so... 
it's it's like um somebody goes one of the the pianist lady doesn't want to perform and the conductor goes uh, and the, the the sound guy talks to the conductor, and he's like, "Can we like play without her? Like, how are we gonna do it?" And the conductor guy goes, "I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe. I mean, you know, but even Stalin, he would, he might notice." And the lady goes, "Oh, even Stalin? What are you saying? Are you saying that he wouldn't be able to tell?" And the dude like looks around the room, and he's like, "Oh my god," because he knows that it's bugged, or he thinks that it's bugged, and he like passes out. <laughs> and so it's like this kind of this kind of scenarios where like you realize that 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 Armando must have thought it's so funny, like. That these people bend themselves backwards for the 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 will the ego of this man just because that's just the way it is. Right. Um. Another good one. Um. That I I liked was that Steve Buscemi plays Khrushchev. Uh, Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Khrushchev. I don't know. Um. And he's like one of his generals or some shit or like one of his second hand man person or whatever. And right. you sh- they show him. All Vladimir's. Yeah. They're all yeah Vladimir. Yeah. Vladimir Johnson. Vladimir Smith. Uh. Or and, and so uh. He, he, they show him sort of like drinking with Stalin and all of his cronies and he's telling jokes and they all laugh and sometimes he's a little choked and nobody laughs and then later on you see him like telling his wife like as he's getting ready for bed she's like got a notepad and a pen and he's like alright I told a joke about the Navy three people laughed and then she's like I told a joke about strippers nobody laughed so that he can remember the next day which jokes to tell and which jokes not to tell so that he knows which ones that will keep him alive <laughs> in this world <laughs> and he's like three jokes about the navy everybody laughed all right good 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 and she's like n- taking notes as they're going getting ready for bed that's amazing yeah and so that, like that, that's like when it starts out and like all of this happens early on and so like the first 45 minutes like it's just like situations like that where you're like holy shit this is hilarious like this is so good um but then as it kind of goes on it doesn't have those kind of smart uh scenes it just kind of like it, it sort of becomes this like political back and forth thing and like it it works and like you know it doesn't get boring or, or tedious it just doesn't have that spark from the first half so it starts off right. like a fucking like four out of five star movie like holy shit like this is awesome and then ends pretty much like a two and a half three star movie um but maybe that's just me because i have heard people really like the ending um especially where yeah. it goes but i just kind of was like oh and, like it ended and i was like well i, I like the first half a lot and then the second half i was just kind of like all right let's get to it but uh but it's on netflix I recommend it if you like his other stuff, like if you like Veep, and if you like sort of what I explained about those scenes, um, right. I d- say definitely check it out. It's only an hour 40, so it, okay. it goes by fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's The Death of Stalin on Netflix. All right, so uh, I've been watching Sesame Street uh, because my son's fucking obsessed with Sesame Street. Yeah, because, um, yeah, infants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, not the infant, it's the toddler. Uh, oh, the toddler. The, the yeah. infant's just fucking eating shitting and sleeping at this point um shout out to him living his best life uh (laughs) but yeah either way the uh he's almost two years old obsessed with sesame street Mm -hmm. and there's just a you know i I originally broke down sesame street as like a joke because like what have we been watching and my answer is like sesame street has been what's on tv i don't really (laughs) have much to say and then i i thought of a couple things that actually like uh, I remember like learning recently. So <clears throat> one is that um, it, the Big Bird thing. So so there's an episode that we've seen a few times now um, because so PBS still airs some Sesame Street, but like they only get like it looks like maybe a select few episodes to choose from, you know, mm-hmm. because now it's a fucking it's owned by HBO Max, which I'm yeah. gonna get into. Um, 
Now, or owned by Warner Brothers, I guess, and therefore on HBO Max. Uh, but uh, so, but there's one episode where it's like Big Bird, and he sees his cousin from Mexico, which I, I believe is Abelardo. Does that sound mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So I saw on Twitter someone post. They're like, I didn't realize there were so many Big Birds, and I was like, Oh yeah, I know there's Abelardo. And then it went through a list, and it's like, Here's one in. Uh, Brazil, right? Like, like here's right, one in yeah. this place, and they're all yeah. different birds. They don't mm-hmm. look just like big bird. They're large, tall, bipedal birds now, but like they're they're all looking different to match, I guess, another bird that's in that country. Yeah. Um, what I didn't know, right, was that, and the wording I used, I don't know if it's the correct wording, but like all of these big birds live separate lives, like like. I understand they're not the same character, but mm-hmm. like Abelardo is just on Sesame Street in Mexico, right? It's what, it's what <laughs> yeah, you yeah, told yeah. me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So, so you thought that they were like, um, I thought like it was just same? like a little guest. I, I thought it was just like a guest character, right? Like, like oh, like the, I the, thought the, Big Bird in Mexico was the same Big Bird I had here, and there just happened to be an episode where it's like. Oh, here's Big Bird from Mexico. Yeah, Abelardo from Mexico, and he looks like this Mexican bird. I didn't realize that, like, there's another version of Sesame Street where he's the Big Bird. You know what I mean? Like, like, Mm -hmm. there's probably a guest episode in Mexico where our Big Bird shows up. Blew my Mm -hmm. mind, bro. He's like, hello, I'm here to, I'm here to fucking party in Cancun and Playa de Mujeres. (laughs) You know, in the resorts, we don't actually go into the actual country. I, I mean, Sesame Street is a little more progressive than that, but yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but um, no, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, because yeah, so yeah, it's it's called Plaza. Uh, Plaza. It's like the Plaza. It's like Plaza Sesamo, which is like Sesame Street, but it's like the right. Plaza. It's like where people hang out and congregate and stuff. Right. And... You told me the name Plaza Sesamo, and I was like, <laughs> fucking, just my head exploded. <laughs> And, and I mean, all the I mean, most of the other characters are the same. There's like the Elmo, and his name is Elmo. I think it's just the fact that he's like the bird, like a big, like Oscar the Grouch is Oscar. Like it's it's all the same right. except for the big bird, which makes sense because it's like what are yellow birds? There's no yellow birds in Mexico. There's like the little green and red bird that right. Abelardo is. Um, and so growing up, I was like, oh, that's just like the Mexican version. Like I, I just like, and then the American version, I I didn't know that they were like cousins. That it was like canon. I guess right. I just figured I was like, oh, it's just their version of it. Right. Um, but then like seeing that thread this week, I was like, oh yeah, you know, like it's the, you know, I, I would send it to my parents and be like, look, it's from when I was growing up, Abelardo. Right. I just, I was like, because, because all I've ever seen is yellow big bird. You right, know what I mean? Right. Like, like I saw the other one. I was like, oh, that's cool. They have like a Mexican one. And the other thing was the episode is like a couple different, um, like, like, uh, there's like a, young boy that's uh, i think a mexican-american and he talked like it's like a whole little thing like put ketchup on my black beans and sauce on my french fries which is disgusting but um (laughs) (laughs) like either way it's like you know talking about like the his two different you know lifestyles of heritage mixing together or whatever um but so like i just thought it was like a guest thing right because it's Mm -hmm. the only one i'd ever seen him on and blah 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 but then like like i said he he exists like he is the (laughs) like he is the A-list celebrity of, of uh, Plaza Sesamo in Mexico. <laughs> like, I didn't know. <laughs> I was caught completely off guard. Also, God, I wish I could find that thread again. Whichever one is the blue one in that thread, bro, looks the like... One? The one from yes, Brazil? the one that... Is it from Brazil? I think Why so. Why does it look like he's 
Dr. Frankenstein, bro. Like, like <laughs> it looks like the, the picture they have, it's like him, he's all sloppy looking. And there's like, it looks, I think there's like glass vials and it looks like he's in a dungeon. I'm he's like, like tweaking, he's like, what's going on here, bro? Hey, bird. <laughs> it's like that Chappelle bit where he talks about the elephant. I need some smack, bird. <laughs> God, it's like, uh, God, what was I going to say? Oh, it's like the Jesus Romero, like, he's the Michael Anthony of the Big Birds. Oh, yeah. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Uh, but, yeah, so it, it, that fucked me up. The other thing I was just going to talk about was that, like, mm-hmm. it's a, it's such, it's the most ridiculous thing ever that, like, Sesame Street had to be bought by Warner Brothers, right? Like, right. like. Our government decided they were like funding Sesame Street. Hell no, that'll bankrupt us. Like we're we can't do it. Yeah, like the, like, the ten the million fuck? dollars that it takes a year, right. right? For a show that's beloved by everyone, and now because H or Warner Brothers owns it, we got shit like the DoorDash commercial, which like was like cool to see Sesame Street at the Super Bowl, but the whole time it was on, I was like. Doesn't really feel right to be doing it for DoorDash, which is kind of just a fucking parasite, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that. Yeah, I had the exact same reaction where I was like, "Oh, cool, this is Mystery." Oh my god, Davy Diggs. I right. just talked about him about you know, the like the Good Lord Bird. He's getting money too. Awesome, yeah. And then at the end, is like, uh, "Yeah, use DoorDash to buy your food." I'm like, "Ah, oh, fuck, <laughs> right, man. Couldn't have been something better." Bad. <laughs> yeah. Why did you have to do this? It's like shop local. I thought it was going to be like the shop local initiatives, you know, by the government. Shop local. Ding. Right. No. Right? It's like no. corporation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what was it? It's like they paid $5 million for their $1 million donation or some shit like that. Right. It's yeah. fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah. You know, just the fucking, we, we couldn't fund Sesame Street somehow. Somehow we yeah. decided that was where we were going. That, that, that's where. Not the giant planes. <laughs> right. or, Not, the, or the giant the, rockets that cost maybe one, like the tip of one rocket cost as much as Sesame Street does in all in a whole year. But No, can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. You got to cut Sesame Street, bro. How are we ever going to mm-hmm. cut into the national debt without, right. <laughs> without with Sesame Street on our budget? Yeah, it's like when I don't get like Reese's at the store because I'm like I gotta save money. I'm like, <laughs> and then you're like, I bought a PS5 two weeks ago. But a PS5 two weeks ago, and I feel great. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> just buy the Reese's, just buy the Sesame Street. You're like, let me just buy this can of soda instead of the bottle because it's like sixty cents cheaper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's what I've been watching. And then the other thing we both had uh, watched recently, which yes. we're going to uh, try to avoid going any sort of depth into because it's still very new, which mm-hmm. is Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO yes. Max. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we both watched it, and um, it's uh, the story of uh, Fred uh, Fred Hampton or Black Panther leader in right. Illinois, Fred Hampton, and uh, Will O'Neill, right? Yeah, Bill yeah. O'Neill, uh, played by Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield, respectively. And right. it's um, written by, or is it? Did you know that it's co-written by the Lucas Brothers? Those yes, two comedian I, guys. So I looked up some stuff about this movie after the mm-hmm. fact. Saw an article where they're talking about. Like, how they came up with the film. And I was like, Lucas Brothers. And it was like, comedians. And I was like, hold on. Is this who I think it is? And then, like, I looked it up. And I was like, the only thing I really recognize from them is they have that bit where they're talking about, um, like, how how awkward. Or like, how do you think Michael Jordan got Charles Barkley to be in Space Jam? Have you seen <laughs> that one? 
Uh-uh. No. Oh, they're talking about, like, Michael Jordan's going to be like, hey, you want to be in a movie? And he's like, I'm just going to, like, we're going to steal your powers. You're going to be terrible. And then I'm going to defeat, like, you and four other dudes, basically. <laughs> that are monster versions of you. Yeah. Right. It's like, just like in real life. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, it's like, how do you think Michael Jordan convinced Charles Barkley to do a movie where he basically shits on him at the, the whole movie? <laughs> but, like, I had seen them do that bit. And I was like, how did those two people... Also, I'm pretty sure they do like an animated show, and it's mm-hmm. like I, I feel like there's definitely a stoner uh, aura like around a, them, like um, an Eric Andre vibe a little bit. Not a right. surreal, but like yeah. the same sort of like off kilter. Yeah, and I was like, how the fuck? Like when I saw, it, I was like, how did how were these guys the guy that wrote this? Yeah, no, I I love it when or I I always find it interesting when when dudes who or not just dudes but like people who who always traffic in a sort of specific kind of comedy or show they like write something and go holy shit like where did that come from like get out is i think the, the most like yeah the, literally jordan of... peele's whole filmmaking career after being who he was before that right like, right exactly exactly or like when a child uh star john favreau that's another one where he's right, like oh i made swingers and stuff and now he's making like iron man right <laughs> like it's always interesting when when people who you sort of expected a certain thing out of go oh i just wanted to tweak it and see if i could do the biggest movie of all time or like you know like or one of the oscar movies right so i always um i always find that interesting um but the movie is directed by shaka king who i saw i think they had only directed like one other movie so i was kind of like oh okay this kind of came out of nowhere but especially because one of the highlights i think of the movie is how like sleek and like stylishly directed it is it Mm -hmm. it looks like somebody who like has done a bunch of movies is like supremely confident of what they're doing there's none of this kind of like well you know he this scene isn't really done well or like that scene's kind of out of place so that blocking was a little funny right like this is somebody who i think or it feels like somebody who as i was watching i was like this feels like it's like came out as a whole if that makes sense you know like right, we no, talked about absolutely. if you're going to complain about anything about this film it, it's not going to have anything to do with like the directing right right it's it's all like you're right it's an ex- for for it being again the lucas brothers you're like where did this come from mm. a director that were like where did this come from like it's so like polished right po- like, yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. sleek yeah yeah I was listening to well, well, like well, so. I like just to give some, some overview thoughts before we go into a little bit more like particulars about why we liked it. I, I mean, I don't want to say I liked it because it's like one of those things. It's like I, it was enjoyable. It was a really enjoyable story, right? Because you don't really enjoy it, right? But I thought right. it was extremely well made. I think it's incredibly urgent and important. I think everybody should see it. I, I, I think this is the best movie I've seen in a good while. Um, you know, especially if if you do know the story, watch it. If you don't know the story, watch it. I think the two I did not know the story. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. So I did, and we both sort of came out of it like the same, like, you know, watch it, you know. Right. Um, the two performances, I think, they're fucking knockout um, stuff. So I, I, I definitely recommend it. What, what did you think about it? Absolutely. Definitely recommend. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. Total fucking bummer. Um, yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I I don't know if that's, like, disrespectful to say about the topic, you know what I mean? To be like, this movie's a bummer. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it'd be like watching a movie about slavery, be like, wow, that's a bummer. Like, but yeah. I, I'm not trying to come across that way. I just mean, like, literally after that, I finished watching that movie, I was like, I don't really feel like doing anything else the rest of this day. This is right, so you just gotta sit there. Yeah, yeah, it, it's the it same reaction. It sucked all the air out of the room. Mm-hmm. When I watched... Um... When They See Us, the movie, or the short series about the, the Central Park Five, 
Oh yeah, I haven't in seen that. Netflix. But I've heard that's a fucking that, brutal. That's the watch. same thing too. Yeah, dude, you watch it and you're like, fuck. Like even at the end, they're like, you know, they've been, they were, um, not expunged. What were they called? Acquitted? They were exonerated. exonerated. Like the five were exonerated, but they all, you know, they they were never able to go to school and they were never able to do this or that. You go, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, the most God. This obviously comes from like. I mean, it's just straight up like a place of privilege of like, obviously nobody in my family's had this issue, right? But like to see the date of it happening, right? Like, it's like, what, 69? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, that's not that fucking long ago. Exactly, yeah. Like, my mom was two years old, right? Like, Right. Like, it's not completely out of, like... There are plenty of people still alive that were that yeah. like they probably saw that like this. on the news. Yep, yep. Right. And that's just horrendous. To think like not that long ago, like our I mean like I don't I don't know if it's a spoiler cuz th- these are real events that happened and obviously we're talking about the Black Panther party, but like boy our government was doing some heinous shit. Like, right, right. And somebody said awful. that Somebody said on Twitter, they're like, the best thing or the best reactions I've seen about the movie is that somewhere between 1969 and now, the FBI just stopped doing bad stuff. So, like, <laughs> you know, it's, you just have to, like, like well, shit, like, you kind of get, it, it's sort of, it's the same sort of thing that, that I talked about a couple weeks ago about Room, if you remember, um, where I was like, wow, that was scary. But then you go, wait, how many rooms are there? It's the same right. thing. It's like, wow, the FBI was doing some scary shit. Wait. Yeah, what are and they doing now? Exactly. I was like, well, hold on. How much shit do I not know about that they're just fucking doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just no good. And and granted, I do think... Well, nah. I, never mind. That was, a, that was a quick thought off the top of the head. Totally wrong. Don't. I'm not <laughs> even going to fucking say it. But, yeah. like, yeah, no. Nah, they're doing... They're, there's got to be some heinous shit we're doing right now. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it, 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 it's sort of that it, I mean the 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 climate well, I don't want to say the climax but like the whole movie you're sort of there's this underlying just like anxiety as he Fred even even in scenes where he's like just practicing a speech or you know meeting people to try to you know form uh, coalitions there's like this underlying thing because you know like what's his name um, FBI Hoover or uh, J Edgar Hoover and then um, the character that Jesse Plemons plays the FBI agent they're like out there right and you right. know that. You know, like Keith Stanfield is a snitch or he's a rat and he's, you know, you need to know, like, what is he trying to do this time, right? Right. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, 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 I think the two of them are so good together. And I think you and I, were, when you watched the movie, you had we were texting about their ages because I think yeah, um, <laughs> I had sent you this tweet about um, somebody had said, you know, Daniel Kaluuya and Keith Stanfield are both so good, but it's kind of like... The, the casting of them some of the messaging almost gets lost yeah it gets lost because they're both like in their early 30s late 20s i think kaluya is 31 or 32 um but fred hampton was it, 21 yeah it was 21 and, and i think they're both because I, I think they're only born a year apart so i think yeah. i think this story starts with them as at 18 years old yeah like 18 and ends or with them yep. at 21 21 yeah so the, like kids right like not, you know, they're like young like they're just starting out being adults right mm-hmm. like like i remember i remember myself at 21 i was like i was just 
you know, going to bars and being like, wow, this is great. I love being like a teen. Like imagine leading a societal revolution that God comes under the magnet, the, the, uh, the um, magnifying glass of the FBI of the federal government. Right. And here's um, the, someone pointed out like, again, this is, I, I, we're talking about the movie, but we're not talking about anything specific again, because these are yeah. just real events. But like someone, uh, when I was listening to the radio on the way to work, they were like, how insane is it, right? And and later reading an article about Lucas Feathers, like it's it's clear that like J. Edgar Hoover was just a giant fucking racist. But yeah. like this dude was the head of the Black Panther Party in Illinois. Like, not he was a eighteen year old dude in Illinois that was just like leading a small chapter of this thing. And yeah. they were like, we gotta get rid of. We gotta get rid of. He's like, I want to build schools. We need schools. We need to feed kids. You know that, that he says, he's like, you know, turkey, turkeys on Thanksgiving. That's charity. We need actual programs that feed kids. We need like, um, you know, hospitals in our own neighborhoods. And they're like, right. nope, nope, shut it down. Right, but it, to me, it's just the paranoia to like be like, there's an 18 year old kid in Illinois. We have to take him out. Like right. that's insane. We're yeah. not talking about like the leader of the national black Panther party. You know what I mean? Like right. we're not talking about Martin Luther King who like was national. We're talking about a dude who was in Illinois at the age of 18. They were like, get him out. Like, yeah, that's yeah. insane. Yeah. And I feel, uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Can and you just imagine being 18 year old saying like, you're like, the FBI is coming to get me. <laughs> yeah. At any moment. Yeah. yeah exactly. Living your life at 18 years old, be like the federal government wants me dead. Like, that's intense. That's an intense way to live your life. Yeah. And um, fucking uh, unbelievable, right? Yeah. It, yeah. It's fucking nuts. And, oh, I, I was, you know, go, going back to the oh, age. Yeah, sorry, the age thing. No, 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 no you're, you're fine. I was just thinking about what you were saying. I was like, Jesus. I was thinking about myself at 18 being like, <laughs> I would fucking be nuts. <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's out there, like, giving speeches and stuff. It just, it, it's fucking mind-blowing. Um, and... You know, like touching on on the age thing and, and the performance, I felt a lot kind of like how I dis, um, mentioned the Leo DiCaprio performance in The Wolf of Wall Street a couple weeks ago. You know, right. where I was talking about like, you know, it we needed somebody slimier because that's what the story fits. But I would I don't want to give up this performance because it's just so good. And I feel the same way about these two. Where like we needed someone uh, younger. We need someone younger. We definitely needed somebody like like there's there's the like um, younger people in his in his uh, I guess committee, his group, his his party. Right. Who are look very young, and I, you know, they probably would have been a better fit. But the performances from the two leads are so good that I'm just like, I don't want to give them up. You know, right. it's sort of like a give and take. Um, and one thing I won't delve into here, mm -hmm. I'll wait until we talk about this again. But like, I think one of the one of the biggest things, um, one of the things that changed how I felt the most about part of this movie, mm -hmm. like I, I think it would have been much better if the character was played by someone younger. But um, I, I think they do a good enough job at the end of the movie to still get that idea across. You know what I mean? So that, like, it, by the end, it's not like... It's not like you would leave the movie theater, quote-unquote, but, like, leave the movie theater thinking one thing, and then when you look something up, feel completely different. Right. Like, I think they do a good enough job at the end. Like, you still feel how you should feel... And then you just, if you happen to look stuff up about it, you feel a little worse, right? Like if, right, you, if right, you happen to realize yeah. this dude's 20, you're like, 
Okay, no, nah, it's it's a little scummier than it's, I Yeah, exactly. Thought. Like, yeah, like it's like a, finding out additional information makes the movie more impactful because it's like you go, it doubles down on the dude, like the gut like, punch, like, right? seriously? Like, yeah, the gut punch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I can't recommend it enough. Like, this is one movie where I think I could have easily done with like another twenty minutes, like a big fat like epic like crime epic right like i definitely right. would have wanted at least i thought we were going to get more scenes of just bill o'neill and fred hampton together right you know like you know there was that scene where um what's his name uh bill talks to jesse Plemons' character in jesse Plemons's house yeah and you know it seems it's not too long but you sort of it's i think it's it's vital understanding why Absolutely. he's doing what he's doing um, but I think I would have loved to have seen a similar scene with just the two of them on the other side where they're just hanging out and they're discussing it. And he, maybe Bill goes, well, you know, like, what do you do what you do? And Fred explains it. And that, that, that way we see sort of the tug and pull from Bill's side, but then we also see why Fred's doing what he's doing. Right. And, and I think that was missing because most of their scenes are always in groups. Right. There's a, you get a couple scenes that are like basically just them with, you know, one or two other people that aren't really getting involved. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I think they, I still, even as, even though I do think it probably could have used a couple of those scenes, I think it's also a credit to the directing and, and writing of it that, like, you don't, even without those scenes, like, you still, you're not confused. Like, you, none of the motives are confusing. Oh, right, right, like, right you, definitely. You see definitely. it, like, like even though maybe we don't see Fred Hampton doing a lot, right? Like you, right. you don't see him like doing a whole, whole bunch of stuff. You don't see him interacting with everyone. Like just by the scenes you get, it all like still lines up. You know what I mean? Like right. they've done a good job of like, you know what it is? It's, it's kind of like the uh, independence day thing, right? Like we talked about where like, you know, I don't need to go in too much into like Jeff Goldblum's character. I've used this, trope like so you know what to right expect from this guy yes so like you, they kind of do that with fred hampton and it's not really like a trope but like you, you get a couple scenes and you like you you know what this dude's doing now right yes. you know what i mean like we've given you the full picture really um or, or at least not the full picture but a good enough insight into what the full picture would be and right, so right, i think right. it still moves forward um very smooth even without those scenes but you're right i do yep. think it could have used those yeah I mean, it's lean, right? Like, cause there's like, right. a, there's like a montage where he's giving, he's, he's like teaching a class and early on it's like four people and then it cuts to something else. And then when it cuts back, it's the same speech, the whole thing. But then when it cuts back to him, like the classroom is like a little bit fuller. And then right. when it comes back one more time, it's like really full. Right. So but even that is done so well because yeah. it doesn't even feel like cheesy montage to me. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. Like sometimes you get those, you're like, I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah. But yeah. So what would you rate this movie? If you, I mean, do you give it? I I, do, do I, I five stars. Yeah, like, yeah. I think I think it's it's like a five star one. It's like one of these few like Oscar movies that come around every few years, like you know two or three a year that are like five out of five. Like last year, I would probably see like Parasite, Little Women, and like Knives Out were like the ones where I was like, that's like a fucking like movie, dude. Like I recommend it to everybody, and I think everybody gets something from it. There's subtext. There's you know there's actual text text, and it's lean and it's really well made and i feel like this is the first one of this oscar season that i've seen where it's like a five out of five like everything is great about it um minor the tiniest of nitpicks but it's just stuff that it's like i just wanted more of it so but, that, but that's 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 just me yeah i'd probably put it at a four and a half or or five out of five i'm not really mm -hmm. sure yet but it's it's 
regardless, it's still up there. Like if I'm yeah. if I just if I said I was giving it a four and a half, it would. There's still not going to be. The chan- chances are there wouldn't be another movie in front of it that's a five. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's just, but either way, it's still definitely right up there. I would definitely recommend watching it. Yeah. Um. So that's that. Uh. Also, cool. just people. Uh, Back to the AIDS thing, just the kind of a joke was that like, um, you sent me that thing where they were like, you know, every time or while I was watching this, I thought Daniel Killian and Lakeith Stanfield were like looked too old mm-hmm. to play a seventeen to twenty one year old, and it was like, but then I forgot that like every black man born before the or before the like nineteen sixty looked like a full thirty seventh year old when they hit oh, yeah. puberty, and it was it's like here's years. here's Michelle Obama's prom date. My man had the fucking mutton chops oh yeah, yeah he's like the full, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bro, he like he was gonna be on god he he looked he legitimately looked like he was like 35 yeah. and i was like all right well i guess daniel Fulia works mm. how old are you 13 <laughs> look 30 <laughs> <laughs> you ever kissed a man before no do you want to uh, uh, all right so so are, are we good on uh juice and black messiah for now yeah 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 all definitely right. watch it if you can all right so the next thing i want to talk about and I don't even remember, I think I put this up here, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even remember why. I, I just know that I've been watching a bunch of this stuff recently, which is like, um, I just put, you know, WWE favorites, and then you kind of narrowed it down to top three moments you wish you had seen live. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So, and I can ex- I can sort of explain why, but you, you explain like why you've seen like clips more often, and then I'll explain why I put the second part. You know what, all right, you know what it is? So, the thing... The highlights, right? Like, the, mm. the highlights? That's what it is. I saw the highlights of Kurt Angle, a.k.a. Perk Angle. Um, <laughs> yeah, because there was that article that said he, like, at the peak of his uh, Percocet addiction, uh, Kurt, uh, Kurt Angle is, was taking, like, 60 a day. Yeah, it said at the to- at the height of his painkiller addiction, he was taking 65 Vicodin a day. Jesus Bro, Christ. how do you even fucking speak? Like, oh my 65 God. Vicodin in a day? You're just, like, out here just drooling on yourself. My man was out here performing. Um, but anyways, I saw highlights, and I was like, this shit's crazy. And, and I was like, I just all of a sudden, I was like, I want to see more WWE highlights. Because it, it's something I used to enjoy. I don't really keep up with it anymore. Man. Um, and and I, even when I was younger, like, and I enjoyed it, I don't think I really kept up with it. I just, like, knew the people and saw enough you know, highlights or whatever here and there that right. I like was still entertained by it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so let's talk about the top three moments we wish you. Oh, also the, the Kurt Angle highlights though, bro, the Eesh. second highlight. In, so you showed me the, the clip you sent me had two highlights, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like him off the top off like, uh, he does a backflip off like the top turnbuckle or like off a cage. The, the No, the first one was and the then... running fucking like yes. front flip where he go, he, he front flips like, 15 yards through the air and hit someone mm-hmm. in the chest. And I was yeah, like, what? Like, perfectly. On the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one's yeah. nuts, dude. And, like, yeah. So that that's one. And then the other one is the backflip. Yeah, but, the second one, he's on the top turret buckle and he does, like, basically a gainer. You know what I mean? Like a forward-moving backflip. Yeah. And lands on the person. But the difference... Well, actually, it might just be a straight-up backflip. Um, mm-hmm. but either way, the difference is that he doesn't just flip backwards. My man launches like fucking, he's got like an eight foot vertical, bro. He yeah. launches so high into the air to do this because it, 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 it shows him from like a bird's eye. I think when he like jumps and you're like, Oh shit. That's, and then it like cuts to the guy on the ground. So you get like a, 
looking up view, my man's in space. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like my man did one full orbit around the Earth before he came back down and landed on him. And I was like, this is the most insane shit I've ever seen. Because also, it's a backflip. If you fuck this up and land on your neck, you're dead. I mean, he's mm-hmm. on 65 Viking in a day, so he'd probably just stand back up. But like, <laughs> but still, it's he like could break it's his own neck and just fucking neck. walk around, just right. head bobbing, but like. Right, a goddamn zombie. But <laughs> it reminds me of uh, you saying, you know, you land on your neck. It reminds me of um, WrestleMania uh, 19, and it was Kurt Angle against uh, Brock Lesnar. Oh yes, for the WWE Championship, and, and Brock Lesnar Brock... fucks it up, right? Yeah, he does the, the he he tries to do a, a shooting star press, right? Which I mean, the dude. So if you don't know what it is, it's you get on the top turnbuckle, facing the guy in the middle of the ring, and you jump off of it, but you do like a backflip. Right? right in the mid in midair, which but it looks it always I, every time somebody did it in the ring, I was like, how is that even possible? Because it's right. not just like you're facing away from the ring and you do like a backflip. Right, that's your that's the gainer. Yeah, like you're, yeah. you're forward moving, but you're spinning backwards. Spinning backward, yeah, yeah. And so, if you know Brock Lesnar, man is massive. Yeah, he's a large individual, a just gigantic human, right? And so, as big if as he, he was in F, uh, UFC. He mm-hmm. was twice that size because my man's was definitely on the roids. He's he was massive, definitely gigantic. on the gigantic, and so he tries to do that off of the top turnbuckle. That was supposed to be the grand finale, and a dude lands right on his neck, concussed <laughs> immediately. Him and Kurt have to improvise the finale. Um, but anyway, going back to the, the three moments, the reason I, I put this, I put that sort of as a as a topic is because I started watching wrestling um, when I was in middle school. So this is like two thousand. 2006 mm-hmm. and the whole time i was a super fan because i was a super fan during that chunk um and then i'll explain as we fin- wrap up the topic why i sort of fell off of it but when i was a super fan every time that i thought about something it was always like i'd bitten i'd gotten there too late it was always right. like oh it was so cool during the attitude era like oh when the rock was here that was crazy or like oh when we did these crazy t- you know when the hardy brothers were here that was nuts but like everybody was gone it was like getting to the party too late even right. though i enjoyed it i it felt like i had missed the it's hated which i think i did but still it was always this I moment think maybe of that's like, maybe that's the like the thing i'm like trying to wrap my head around because like i thought it was cool but like i don't remember like hearing about any of it as it was happening or following storylines or knowing like, right. good guys and bad guys. So maybe maybe it's the same kind of thing. Is that, like, I, it was so popular. And, like, I know my dad was into it. So, like, I, I took on some of that. But I feel like it might have been kind of winding down as I was getting into it. You know what I right. mean? And that's the right. disconnect, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I think I think that's why. So, um, we can... I can start with my first one. My first one is Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE title. Um... So this happened in, I think, like 2004, and he beat Brock Lesnar. So this is, like, right before I became a fan. And I like to this day, you know, when his, it's, when it's the anniversary of his passing or his birthday, they show that clip of him beating him. Mm-hmm. And the pop when he when he beats the title is nuts. And then, like, he runs out into the people, and, and it's, it's awesome. So it's, like, one of those things, like, you know, excuse me, a good wrestling pop just, like, fucking, like, gives you chills sometimes. Um, right. and so that's my first one just cause he won it and he was my favorite wrestler. Um, because it was like nice to see like a Mexican on TV who was right. like, a, like a hero, like strong, like wasn't just like a sidekick. He was like that guy. Also, also not like, I mean, he's super cool, but like Rey Mysterio is like a different kind of thing. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like he's, he's, he's sort <laughs> of like the, the, like smaller guy, like the flyer guy. Right. Right. Yeah. So to right. see, like you said, Eddie Guerrero, who was just like, nah, I'm 
I'm a giant human just like all these other people. I right. right, right. And even though, you know, even as a kid, I was like, lie, cheat, steal stuff. I was like, eh, I mean, like, that's kind of... We don't really, like, we <laughs> we don't really do that, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'll take drives it. drives in on the lowrider. And they're like, I'm like, we don't really, my family doesn't do that, but like, well, I'll take any kind of representation that I can get on TV. <laughs> right. Um, and so, yeah, yeah that's my, my first family one. doesn't do that, but maybe we should start. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All so, right, what, so uh, what's your first one? All right. So, my first one. So, so. The, my first one is going to be one that I don't even know that I was like knew about that much as a kid. Um, mm-hmm. This is more of one, like, as an adult, looking back, I just have to imagine, like, what it would be like to be there, which is that um, Undertaker fucking chokeslamming mankind through the steel cage. I can, mm-hmm. Bro, what? Like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> and, and from what I understand, 100%, not on purpose, uh, yeah, was it not supposed, supposed to, to happen. Yeah. Bro, first of all, if you're mankind... Gotta be absolutely fucking terrified on the way down, right? <laughs> there's I, there's I, no way the moment that cage gives, and you're like, I'm dead. It's too late. <laughs> you just land on your body, and the, the fact that you don't immediately, like, break every rib, right? Yeah, you know what? Actually, I wonder if just because, you know, most of wrestling is being able to, like, you learn how to take hits and roll with it so you don't take, like, the pain, like, all the damage... I wonder if that kind of puts you in a prime position where, like, if someone, if you were to fall from great heights, you're like, well, I, I've i had a 300-pound dude slam me as hard as he could into this, and I know how to not get hurt. Maybe I can maybe I can employ some of that fucking right, as technique. A, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe he's, maybe they're in a special position to, to not be as freaked yeah. out by that. But either way, it's still insane. Do you like, know? It's the opposite of, so, like, I'm okay all right, so here's a good example. Mm-hmm. I was at work, and in order to unload this truck of inventory that came into work, we have to basically stand on top of the 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like I was doing it, and I was like, this is sketchy. And, like, because I'm just standing up there. I don't have anything, like, no harness, no nothing. I'm just standing up there. And then I'm, like, leaning over the sides to hook these, like, hooks into loops to pull it off. Mm-hmm. So... And then at one point, I have to jump from one stack to the other on top of this thing, and it's sketchy. And so, like, but I'm, like, the idea of, like, skydiving doesn't bother me at all. Because in my head, I'm like, they have all these procedures to go through, like, with skydiving, right? They're like, right. We, we check these parachutes, we, we do this, we do that, we have backups in all these scenarios, we're good to go. Right, so like same thing with a roller. Here's that's the difference between me like an amusement park roller coaster and a fair roller coaster. Like the fair shit gets put up in a day, bro. I know there's no fucking regulations (laughs) on that shit, but like I have to imagine like Carowinds, which is the one nearest. Like it has been running long enough that clearly they have so few incidents, right? Mm. So like to me, the WWE thing, like if I worked for the WWE, they're like, all right, you're gonna be on top of the cage. I'd be like. That's that's cool. Like we have all these regulations we do. Like we do these cage matches enough, we should be good. Bro, the moment I fell through I'd been like everything's gone. Like it, it all all procedure has failed. Um like like I was relying on all this um safety, you know, features that I thought we had in place and they all failed me just now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like on my way down I'd be like you motherfuckers, like you WWE pieces of shit, let this go. Like Mhm. Who's the guy that was responsible for inspecting this cage and fucked it up? Because I'm coming for him if I live. 
Exactly. <laughs> but either way, can you imagine being a fan and just watching a human just fucking fall through a cage? Like, I'd be like, uh, 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 like is that so, I would be. I would be like, he's dead. He just died. <laughs> is he do okay? You, <laughs> is, do you know if this is this? It, it can't be the same match where he then they go up there again. And he throws him to the through the table on the side. I don't know. It, I, maybe I don't, think it I don't, would be. Like, I don't know. It, it's fucking insane. for him to get back up there and be like, "All right, let's do this again." <laughs> nah, bro. I feel like it's probably two separate occasions. They probably did the, the table one after they realized they could do that to the man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he's like, "All right, he's still here. He didn't leave. <laughs> he didn't quit on the spot." Like, I, I love right, the, so you remember the time we slammed you and you accidentally fell through? What if we plan it out this time and you just land on a table? And he's on like, a Fine. table instead. Yeah. Like, Not prepared. the cushy it's ring, cool. but like on the side. <laughs> um, I like the um, uh, the the Jerry uh, Jim Ross call. That's the best one. Right. My God, because yeah. <laughs> my witness, he has broken in half. <laughs> that's the that's his best call ever. It really, <laughs> uh, it really is. All right, so um, we we. Go whichever one you want next. Yeah, yeah. we uh yeah uh we can do mine and then two of yours since it's all from the same event. So we have okay. three from the same event. Right. And my first one is the tables, ladders, and chairs match from WrestleMania 17. Right. And this is, I think, the peak of the kind of you know when you tell people about wrestling, they either go, "Oh, it's just two giant men fucking smacking each other in like uh unitards or not running unitards, around the ring like yeah like, like um, throwing each other into the ropes and coming back right or it's motherfuckers going through tables and chairs and like flying and stuff and this is the peak i think of that yes because i think it, it it's the, this match is at its most pg 13 is where i think what i mean by that is that there have been other matches that I think are more brutal, but at a certain point, it's like, ugh, like you're just watching like a snuff film, right? Like right. when you add like thumbtacks, it's like, ugh. when you add like fire, it's like, you're going to get charred. Yeah. But when you, when you think you keep it just tables, out and chairs, it's like just high flying, just going through chairs. It's, it's um much more palatable. Right. And this is also the most out of hand that, that like, they took that, right? Like, yes. Yes. I mean, the ladders are massive, but I think it's so good. I mean, you got everything. You got the Dudley brothers. They put Lita through a table. They 3D her. They like <laughs> Jeff Hardy swanton bombs off of like a giant ladder onto a table. Oh, like, Edge the spears. The are so tall. Bro, I, that, that's the sketchiest thing Get that A-frame ladder out of here, bro! Like, <laughs> yeah, and then like the little the 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 little thing you know you like the little uh, I don't know what it's called, but you like pat down so that the ladder stays in place. You know what I'm right, talking about? Yeah, yeah. It's like the little flimsiest little metal, and it's like <laughs> okay, that's gonna support a deadly brother. Okay. <laughs> um, oh fucking Bubba Ray Dudley or whatever the fuck his name yeah. is. Yeah, I don't know the ladder's gonna take it. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, and it's like you know you have Jeff Hardy. There's like three of them put together, and he like walks on top of them. To get to yeah, the belt, he, yeah, it's a fucking, it's a tall ladder, a smaller mm-hmm. ladder, and then a ladder collapsed like as a bridge between the two ladders. I'm like, the fuck is going on, mm-hmm. here? bro? It's so you good. Could, you could remove all the other variables, right? You could just be like, here's a man traversing a ladder between two ladders, and like, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh my god, like, like, what are you doing? This is sketchy. Like, but meanwhile, people were fucking underneath them, fucking power bombing people through tables. Power bombing people with tables, jumping off. Um, Trying to shake the fucking ladders that he's on, bro. <laughs> somebody does, I forget which one, I think it's called like a British Bulldog, where like where 
he like grabs somebody's head under his arm and then jumps from the edge of the ring through like the table on the side if you know yeah. what i mean like pushes yeah. them forward yeah um so the whole thing is awesome but i think one thing that i think has been lost with cell phones is that great moment where somebody does something crazy and there's like an explosion of flashes from the cameras <laughs> Specif- right. specifically where edge spears i think i forget which hardy brother off of the belt down right because like he's hanging he's first of all I don't understand how the belt's hooked on there. But my man has all of his body weight on this belt, on this mm-hmm. hook, just hanging. And I'm like, first of all, I don't know what that belt's made out of. Not enough. This material's not strong enough, bro. <laughs> Unless that belt's made out of stainless fucking steel, not strong enough for me to risk putting my whole weight on. But mm-hmm. nah, my man's just free hanging on this fucking belt. <laughs> and then Edge just jumps off of like a 20-foot ladder, spears him, lands on the middle, and he does that great like Looney Tunes thing where like his head pops up like he just got right. pointed on the head. Yeah. And it, anyway, the whole match is awesome. That's the TLC match, tables, line, and chairs match from WrestleMania 17. Um, oh, we both had it. Oh, I, I, I misread yeah. it. Uh, sorry, sorry. I, yeah, we both had this one. Um, I just, I remember um, before YouTube was a thing, you would have to download the thing on like Kazaa and like watch the thing on like 240p and you're like, I think that's Lita. Is it Lita? <laughs> it's just like a blurry redhead. And then you're like, Lita threw the chair. And you're like, oh, that was her. <laughs> Lita, watch out, watch out. Oh, the Dudley Brothers got the 3D. Oh, God. Yeah, the, the 3D, like, there were some times where I just feel like it wasn't smooth, but when like the 3D was pulled off like smoothly and it looked fluid, mm. one of the coolest fucking moves. That, yes, I I would say probably the coolest like like tag team tandem move. Right, because it's it's. I mean, one guy grabs him, picks him up through that, and basically the other guy just hits him with like a DDT yeah. on the other end, and mm. then also puts him through a table. It's a it's fucking amazing. Yeah. What I what I would be scared to death of right is if like. If you're, I don't know, is I don't remember which one's which, right? Um, <laughs> but the black guy. Um, yeah. It's like the, the diehard, like, Agent Johnson, no relation. Yeah. So if he, if you're that dude where you're picking them up and just leaning them backwards, the most terrified I'd be, like, I'm sure all these tables are pre-scored, ready to be snapped in half. Mm. But, like, still, like, what if I, like, position myself just wrong and, like, the very first thing that hits this table is, like, my neck. Like right. the back of my Pop. neck, and I'm just fucking dead. Like, mm-hmm. God, terrifying. Um, but yeah, so that that match is on mine also because I love the Dudley Boys, and they're just fucking great. Like the it, that whole match is great. Like I was never really into the, the Hardy Boys or Hardy Brothers or whatever they're called, and Christian and Edge they weren't really my thing. Yeah. Um, they were a little more like Pretty Boy and like like kind of like goth emo kind of thing going right yeah yeah. neither of those really worked for me but the fucking dudley boys in the camo just fucking slamming people through shit uh and what's his i forget the white one whenever he power bombed somebody he'd just like have that blank stare yo that one where he does it to the what's her name may may young may young when he yeah he fucking jumps off the edge and power bombs (laughs) through a table she's like seven years old Uh, i looked it up I looked it up, and she was like a she'd been a professional wrestler for a very long time, and was like well established, mm-hmm. like through younger years. But I wish I could, oh God, I'll have to find it. But apparently, she asked for something even more ridiculous than that. I think it might have been off a cage, bro. Like she asked to be do like done through a cage, mm-hmm. and Vince was like, 
no. Like, we'll do this power pop. But mm-hmm. like, Vince was like, look, I'm all about some crazy shit, but I'm not trying to kill a 70-year-old woman on live TV. <laughs> well, did you know, I think her, May Young, I think she is the record holder for the longest title run ever. Really? She held the women's title for, do you want to guess how long? Fuck it, I don't know, forever? She was so old. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know enough about wrestling to, like, know what is a long like title defense, yeah. But but go ahead, just tell it's, me the number. Uh, I think it was ten and uh, twenty six years. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jeez. I think it's either her or the other lady, the other the favorite. Oh, it was the fabulous Moolah. I think it was who was okay. The youngest, the longest title run. Yeah, I wish that at some point I I, I need to figure out what. I just remember she asked for something ridiculous and like for Vince McMahon to be like, we're, we're not fucking doing that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, as you said before, he had Undertaker throw mankind off the cage through a table. She wanted something so ridiculous that he was like, there's, come on now. Like, there's no way I'm doing this. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll skip that. Uh, but anyway, so the table, table letters and chairs match WrestleMania 17. Great. So my next one, aside from that one, um, was The Rock versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. And this one, like, I didn't have any specific memory of. Uh, but the thing is, is, like, they're my two favorites. And I think they're a lot of people's two favorites because I, I think they were two of the greatest of all time to ever do it, right? Like, mm-hmm. So, a match where they're, like, both kind of at the height of, you know what I mean? Like, they're both extremely popular yeah. and, and just like having them go toe to toe, like while also like neither one of them being like, like for example, Hulk Hogan was huge. Right. But Hulk Hogan was fucking just like the stiffest, like just fucking awful thing in the ring. Right. Right. Like, like, yes. Yes. He, it like was just kind of like the leg drop and then he's like, right, oh. the leg drop and the fucking big boot. And the rest was him just being like, just taking hits and just not selling it. Like, yeah. like it's just like it's like it's that classic. Like he takes a punch and then he starts to like, get roided up. Oh, oh, and he like shakes yeah. his head and his hair goes everywhere. Yeah, and then he does the leg drop because yeah. that's the only thing he's like fluid enough to do is to like literally put one leg in the air and then jump. Mm. Um. So, but like neither of them are that. Like Steve Austin's probably a little more stiff than The Rock, but like also Steve Austin at this point I think has had a few surgeries. You know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. But they're they're both serviceable. The the finishers are great. The you know they're both great on a mic. They both play everything great. So like I have to imagine that that match was just a fucking amazing thing to be at, right? right. If you're into it at all, and then Probably like the peak, right? Like the peak of the Attitude Era and the peak of like like this is like the the fucking like the biggest it's gonna get. Right, and what's funny is so I. I was looking for that match, right? I was like, I know The Rock and Steve Austin had a big match. And I Googled it, and it was like WrestleMania 17. They headlined the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I did that. And then I looked at your list, and it was like tables, letters, chairs match. And I had that same tables, letters, and chair match in my head, but I hadn't looked to see like when it was from. Mm-hmm. And it was like WrestleMania 17. And I was like, those were both in the same fucking event. And then I was like, let me just check something. And I just Googled, like, best WrestleMania of all time. The very first list I looked at was, like, WrestleMania 17, number one. Like, I was like, yeah, it had to be. Like, you had that tables I just chairs mentioned. You had The Rock versus Steve Austin. They had the tri- Triple H versus Undertaker. Could you imagine if you were one of the people that got, like, good seats to that event? Your life set. Right? You're like, yeah. that's, the, that's the best it's going to get for me. <laughs> like, 
like yeah, it's like as a wrestling fan, like this is the peak, right? Right. Yeah, as a wrestling fan, you're like I was flush with cash. <laughs> I was closer to God than I've ever been. <laughs> God. God. But yeah. And then I think like, and then I think like, it's just crazy how like, not fast it sort of changed, but this is like 17, right? Right. And then by like 20, I think Stone Cold isn't there. The Rock isn't there. You know, like Triple H, I think he was, you know, it's just crazy how like, it's just changed. Like Eddie was like a a side guy, and then by twenty, Eddie was like with a uh, world a WWE champ with Chris Benoit, right? Like it's just crazy how like right. it all changed so quickly. Like we went from like the peak, and then three years later, The Rock's making movies. Stone Cold's retired. Right. It's 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 it really is crazy. Um, yeah, I, just like at some point, like you got to look at that and just be like, we fumbled the bag. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. We we had it, and then we definitely fumbled it. Mm-hmm. Also, the you know, like what I feel like one of the biggest names to like still transition through that section, right? Well, the Undertaker, but like, what's funny to me is like I never liked watching the Undertaker or like mm-hmm. Triple H. Like to me, it was like maybe not Triple H so much is what mm-hmm. I'm about to say, but like the I Undertaker. Was- Yep. Oh, you were a big Triple H fan? No, no, no. I was just about to say the same thing. I was like, dude, I, I feel the exact same way about The Undertaker. Triple H, but not as much. Literally the exact same thing you said. Where yeah. I was like, Triple so, H actually had like, some good ones where he sold it pretty well. But to me, The Undertaker is the whole, is Hulk Hogan. Like, it's the same thing. Like, the dead man. He just fucking lifts up. Like, <laughs> right. like from a laying down position, he can do a, a crunch mm-hmm. and just, like, sit up straight. And then, like, he's just big and can pick people up and slam them. Like, right. like I it just... Like, Undertaker, Kane never did it for me. Like, it, it just, it, it didn't do anything for me. And then Triple H, like, uh, for whatever reason, Triple H is always just, like, the discount part of Degeneration X, right? Like, yeah. I was like, I, he was, like, the guy I cared the least about out mm-hmm. of all of them. Um, yeah. Real quick, also, the pedigree is, like, the the lamest finisher to me. You know, like, I was just going to say, I was like, I love the pedigree, dude. Like, the kick, maybe, uh, like, not the chicken wing thing where he, like, puts his arms. But yeah, I love, like, the... that's the part, I think, of, like, like the where he puts, he like, full Nelson and then just drops to his knees. I'm yeah. like, I don't see, like, why this is supposed to be, like, <laughs> devastating. Like, like, all the impact is to Triple H's knees. Like, it's not even to the dude. yeah. The best ones were like when the the best sells for that one where the dude's head was like at a forty five degree angle with the floor and the rest of his body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But one of my favorite ones was like uh, when he he was doing the pet he was gonna do the pedigree on Chris Benoit at WrestleMania twenty and in the jump Chris Benoit like flips grabs his arm and puts him in like the crippler crossface like all in one move. Oh and, shit! And then like get, gets him to tap. It's like he like he, it was the triple threat match against Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and Chris Benoit, and, uh, what's his name? Shawn Michaels is tuning up the band, and he goes right. to kick him, uh, Chris Benoit ducks, his leg goes over the top rope, Chris Benoit lifts up and throws his ass over the ring, and Jesus. then, what's his name, Triple H does the pedigree, and then he flips it around. Um, well, one thing, it's funny, to me, like, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, like, their finishers are the exact opposite to me, so, like, the pedigree is, like, the super, like, elaborate like let me get both hooks like get your head between my legs and i'm just gonna like jump and knee drop and you know the the damage is that your head's kind of at the wrong angle and you're gonna take the right. impact fucking Shawn michaels like i'm warming up the bin i'm gonna kick you in your shit like and it was so it always seemed so devastating it always sounded so good it always got that good like right how did people not die like 
the one that I always go to, and I, we might have talked about this before, is the dude jumping off the, the Shelton Benjamin. And yes. Up, <laughs> How are you not dead? How did you not? Because the thing is, loud clap, bro. So either we faked that sound somehow, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe he clapped his fucking hands together and we didn't see it. Yeah. Or the only way you make that sound is to actually get kicked in the face as you're falling from the sky. And there's no way you're just okay after that. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite bits also is with Shawn Michaels. Have you seen the one where he's like backstage and he's like, I can't remember who he's talking to. He's talking to somebody. And he's like, oh, come on. And he like fucking hits what like a dude walking down. Like, yeah, with papers. Sweet chin music. Yeah. And the papers go flying in the air. And he's like, look what you made me do. And then he like hits another person with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. God, this shit kills me. Uh, uh, oh God, Shawn Michaels was great. He was um, so good, and I hate like so. You know, he had the back shit, right? Like that's why he was he was there in like the late nineties, and then he was gone for all of the Attitude Era, and then he came back right after pretty much when it ended. And right. I was like, damn, like he wasn't there like during like the peak peak. He would have been right. so fucking good. Right. Yeah, he would have. God. But yeah. So, anyways, The Rock, Steve Austin, WrestleMania seventeen. Um, yeah. WrestleMania seventeen was apparently the fucking holy grail and like me as a fucking soon to be 28 year old man and like i should download wrestlemania 17 and watch it <laughs> like I uh, it. yeah i should be like i should get wwe network just to fucking watch it i i've thought about that is that terrible i've legitimately considered being like maybe maybe, maybe there's somebody like out there that's decent now and i could just get wwe network I'm yeah. not going to, but like I've definitely considered. It's like, is it worth it? It's like maybe, <laughs> right? Um, but my last one is one that we actually talked about recently, which is the ring collapse during the SmackDown episode. It's so right. weird to me that they saved this for just a regular schmegular Friday, Thursday night SmackDown episode, right? Like right. all these other ones are like pay per view. Um, for, I, I, going off a little bit of a tangent here that I I just remembered, I always, um sort of when I thought about Avengers movies, the Avengers movies, I always, my mind always thought about them in the same way that I thought about pay-per-views. Right. Where I was like, during the week-to-week, none of the movies, nothing much changes. It's all pretty much the same. But when you watch the pay-per-views, that's when the real shit goes down. And same right. thing with this. It's like when the Avengers movies, that's like when shit changes. That's when shit happens. Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, so uh, the it's uh, Brock Lesnar versus The Big Show. And... Uh, just like a regular, just 2003, 2004 wrestling match to have highlight, or not the highlight, what is it called? The, um, uh, the main event. And the big show is on the top rope and Brock Lesnar just gives him a suplex and then the whole ring just collapses. And I think you, you hear Taz go, holy shit! And then like bleep it out. (laughs) And goes, holy bleep! And like everybody loses their mind. He goes like, holy shit! Holy shit! And I think that's like the match just ends. Um, I think they tried it, they redid it or they, they did it again, like a couple years ago. But the one that I remember or the one that I wish would have been there. Cause it was literally like six months before I became a fan or like a year before I became a fan is that ring collapse. Do you think it was planned? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read an article about it, about how like the, the, the guy who's like the stage manager is like, all right, like this is how it's going to happen. It's going to just give out. Um, and they like practice for it. And the dude who like does all of the, their stunts or like their, you know, ring stuff right. said that it worked out. And... Awesome. Yeah. That's, that is nuts. Then that, that they, cause like realistically you could probably convince me that like Brock Lesnar a massive individual suplexing big show massive individual would like 
kind of just break the ring. <laughs> right. Especially like, that, like I said, like it's just a regular SmackDown, right? Like, right. But to know that it's planned, I'm like, you really, I feel like blew that stunt. Like you usually use that stunt later. At a WrestleMania, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, finish exactly. a WrestleMania, be like, it's the biggest match of all time. And then it just ends in a draw because you collapse the ring at WrestleMania. Like that would be nuts. Yeah, that would have. You'd, all right. Just because we talked about finishers earlier. Mm-hmm. I never liked Brock Lesnar's finisher. F five I like the F five, dude. He just fucking throws a dude in the air and spins he him. Like spins he, him, like, right? Yeah. He just fucking tosses him in the air like pizza dough, bro. Like I like, <laughs> the it's, reason like that... no, it's like the damage is that a person fell, basically. Right. Like 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 they they would take the same impact if they tripped and just ate shit in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but see the the reason I liked it, so the reason I like his and the pedigree and the rocks and stone colds, other than the people's elbow, which is it's more showy. But anyway, I, the reason the, I like the people's elbow is terrible, also hilarious. Like I think like the people's elbow was the greatest when he just went like way too into it, right? And, yeah, like, he was, like shake his ass knew. and like throw the thing, and then we like what? Huh? Also, like on the way down with the elbow, he would like swing his arms like eight <sighs> times, like yeah, <laughs> and then fall. And that's when it was like that was just like okay, I get it, like. But whenever like it's done for actual like effect, it's not great. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that the, the the finishers that I liked are because, like, if they put you in the first spot and you're like, all right, oh shit, it's over. And then as they're doing them, if that can be reversed, like I was saying earlier, with a pedigree got turned around into the crippler crossface. Right. Um, I think Eddie, when he won his title, he was in the F five, and Brock picks him up, starts to spin him. Eddie grabs his head, turns him around, and like, like DDTs him. Yeah. On the title, so those are the ones that like same thing with like uh, the pedigree or not the pedigree. Um, what was the one I was thinking about? Um, I can't remember the, the third example, but like ones like uh, the Tombstone Pile Driver. Like every time somebody's done that, like there's no way. Like how do you change it? Like when the Undertaker gets you in that position, it just it's like it's over. It's like it's done. Right. And I, like and I was actually ones... listening to Steve Austin talk about something. Uh, he was talking about like back when. It was somebody complaining about wrestling now, but he mm-hmm. was like, the complaint was that like wrestlers now do their finisher like four times in a match, and people just keep kicking out of it. Yeah. Like, like, and, and so he's mm-hmm. like, the thing was, is like the stone. He was like, people did not kick out of the Stone Cold Stunner. No. Like, if I hit mm-hmm. you with the Stunner, the match was over. Yeah, and he yeah. was like, only on special occasions, like The Rock. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like The Rock would get out of a couple, or the answer is like. The only answer for like being able to do the move more than just once and still have the match go on is stuff like mm-hmm. you're talking about, like reversals. So, like for example, there's a Stone Cold Stunner where he hits the Rock with it. The Rock like stumbles around the ring, and then as he comes back, Stone Cold hits him with another one. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and it's like that's amazing because you get yes. Stone Cold Stunners. But like if someone keeps kicking out of it, then it's like, oh, this move is just weak, right? Right, like, right. It, it sort of dilutes it. it. Yeah, yeah. Right, because it's exactly. it's all about theatrics, right? Because the, like the right. finisher, it's like it kills, like it's like a video, it's like a quote quote kills you, right? Right, like exactly. So, so, um, and, and then like the same thing with the rock, like the people's elbow, or even rock bottom. Like it was just rock bottom. You could kind of like just slide out of it. So like mm-hmm. rock could get the the um the swell of like putting someone in the rock bottom. But then they could slide out of it. So now the rock bottom isn't, like, weak, right? Like, I didn't hit someone with the rock bottom and they just got up afterwards. Mm-hmm. But, like, we got, like, the crowd saw me about to do it. So they're, you know, they're amped up and then, mm-hmm. you know, the fight keeps going. Right. But, like, you're, like you said, like, the Tombstone Pile Driver, if someone's in that, you're like, okay, it's done. 
<laughs> right. Like it's over. Right. And I think right. I think Brock Lesnar once said I'm kicked out of it. And that's when you go like, holy shit, oh my god. Exactly. That's when it's like, holy and, fuck. And you and something that, that I think you would think, oh, that was cool that they did that, but doesn't actually work out well or didn't work out well in the one that I saw was I remember looking up WrestleMania nineteen, the Rock and, and uh, Stone Cold fought. I think it was like one yeah. of their last ones against each other. Right. And they did they did each other's finishers a lot. So like yeah. the Rock would do Hit him with Stone the stunner. Cold. Right. Yeah. And I remember watching that being like, what the fuck is this? They don't, <laughs> what is this? Like, I don't like this. Like, it just, See, it, it I loved you. it. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. Cause, cause like, I was like, wait, why, A, why hadn't they done this before? And then B, it's like, it, it, no, that's not right. You do your moves. He does his. Like, that's, that's just like the rules. It's yeah. like Batman shooting laser beams every day. It's like, it doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't go with what it goes, <laughs> right? Like, it, you're, you're breaking. The the key fob, right? You're bringing the the facade of it by using see, each other's moves. I guess I could see that a little bit, but I, I to me it's like to me it's one of those things again, like because it's just done for a special occasion, mm-hmm. like it worked for me. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Like just, yeah. it's not like the Rock was out here hitting people, other people with stunners. You know? What I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Every time. Right. He's like, it's my like move the, now, bitch. <laughs> right. The Rock wasn't out here hitting fucking. Undertaker with a stunner, you know? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. Why, why did this come out right now? Um, right. It's just like a, it's, to me, that's like, you know, when in, in like basketball, when someone like hits the, your face, you come back down and you drain it from the logo. Like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Like, <laughs> that's what like The Rock doing a stunner to Stone Cold is to me. Yeah. Um, but either way, so it, those are all great moments. We all wish we would have been there. Um, yeah. And I also would have liked to have been in the room while Perk Angle was on his fucking 45th bucket and just like what the fuck he looked like what was going through his head also bro, what kills me is the article where they like reference it it's the there's a picture of him young right like the 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 thumbnail for that article right mm. on the left it's him young in his wrestling gear and on the right i think it's like it's a super close-up on his face but like i think it seems like maybe he's wearing a dress shirt and just smiling to a camera Bro, his eyes are like, I'm like, you're not all there in the second picture. Like, <laughs> something's up with your eyes. Your pupils are fucking huge, bro. Like, you're not here right now when you took this picture. And then, like, 65 back in the day, and you look at the picture, you're like, oh. Mm-hmm. Also, his promos were just fucking, he, he was pushing the envelope with his promo. <laughs> I was telling uh, Sydney, I was like, it was the best, because he had this anthem. He had this theme song that was, like, yes. Americanized. Was, Didn't like, you send me something? With that, where they played that in the background, or maybe I just saw it on Twitter. Somebody posted something, I can't remember what it was, but it had that song playing in the background. Yeah, yeah. it was like that old oh, intro, but then the best was like, people just like said, You suck. So they'd be like, You suck. You suck. And so, like, I was like, Poor guy. Right. Right. Oh, God. But, but also, like, I don't know. He would. He the thing is as much we're making fun of him, like as a wrestler, just like we said, those highlights, like that shit was insane. Like, he was a, dude, he was so good. impressive. Yeah. Him against Also, again, an actual Olympic athlete. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like we always talk about professional wrestlers, like, oh this fucking uh what is it? Mark Henry's like the world's strongest man. Like obviously he's not. Um right. but like like Kurt Angle, they were like Olympic gold medalist, and it's like, no, that's for real. <laughs> <laughs> The funny thing, so his final move was just, it was called, you know, when he would pick guys from under their armpit, it was called the, um, the Olympic slam. 
until right. the Olympics was like, you can't use our name like that. So he just renamed it the <laughs> the Ankle Slam. <laughs> God, that's a bit. <laughs> the Olympic Slam, the Olympics come and he was like, um, could you please cut that shit out? Uh, you're not sponsored by us. Here's our cease and desist. <laughs> Like like anybody was confused that that the WWE was actually sponsored by the Olympics. <laughs> so, well, like you could say that about the WWF thing too. It's like you think they have pandas here. You think, right, they... <laughs> but at least for the WWF thing, like I could see where there's like a problem where people are trying to get in contact with. Oh the right, right. World uh, Wildlife Foundation and getting right. fucking Vince McMahon on the other end of the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like I could see where that's an issue, but like. Yeah. The name of a moving to the Olympic slam and then being like, excuse me, um, could you please cut that out? <laughs> God. Yeah, that's amazing. All right. So going from, you know, stage ridiculousness, um, let's talk about the movie trailer that just dropped. Um, probably yes. be kind of quick on this one. Yeah, um, yeah we can just talk about it for a little bit. Um, the Mortal Kombat movie. Yes, the Mortal Kombat. So it's Mortal Kombat. It's a new adaptation of the video game from the 90s. Um, and so the, the, they're still making those video games. Okay. Oh yeah. 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 But I mean like it's peak, you know, when people, <laughs> when parents were like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. um, yeah. Fair yeah. Cause, cause my parent, my, uh, my brother, he actually plays it. And I mean, the, from what I could tell from when I go visit him and he's playing it, I don't know what the fuck is going on with the story. It was like time travel. There's like different characters, whatever, yeah. whatever. But I know it looks awesome. And he's always it showing me the fatalities great. and they look like they're so inventive and i'm like damn that's like that like they must have had so much fun come being in rooms being like all right he grabs his spine and uses it as, as a toothbrush and then he like <laughs> throws it into the trash can what do yeah. you know? um but um <clears throat> so general thoughts about the trailer and then we can talk about like our experience with mortal Kombat. um i thought the trailer was looked pretty good i think anytime there is an adaptation for a movie from a video game my biggest worry is always that they're going to skimp on the money. Um, and right. they're, it's going to look cheap. It's going to look fake. It's going to look not quite as good as it could. Like, you know, like it's like making a Marvel movie with 60 million. It just right. like. And the, th- and the thing is, this one, I was extra worried about that because the director, they're like known for his work in commercials. And I was like, bro, you, the, mm-hmm. you decided to reboot this Mortal Kombat movie and you were like, let's get the guy that directs commercials. So I was like extra worried that like we're really skimping on this one. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna have the same fucking visual effects level as like the old movie. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it looked good. I mean, the action looked good. The blood looked good. I know these days it's probably a little bit easier, a little bit cheaper to get like good looking stuff. Um, right. but still, I think it it looks great. And somebody said this so after I watched it. Um, you know, people get their taglines. Somebody, what's his name? Who's the guy that says, come here? Um, uh, Scorpion. He does the get over here. Oh, yeah, oh, get over somebody. here. And, like, you know, he does that. And then Sub-Zero says, like, I'm Sub-Zero. And, and somebody says, like, Liu Kang wing. Or somebody says, like, blank, blank wins and shit. Yeah. And after I finished it, At the end I realized. Of, yeah, he's like, Kane, uh, finish him. Kano wins or something like that. Yeah. Right, right. And I, I, like, after I watched it, I was like, that felt refreshing. It felt like, I was like, that looks awesome. And then um, Film Crit Hulk on Twitter sort of summed up how I felt. Right. He says, you know, um, sort of amazing. It took 28 years for this town to realize the big secret or the big key to video game adaptations was just do what the game does, but do it earnestly and not in some winking obligatory nod, including, including the story itself. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. That's like, like 
do it without just being like a like. So for example, when it says like Kano wins, don't have like Kano like look up and be like, oh, that was weird. Like as a right, jet, yes, you know what I mean? yeah. Just have him like roll with it. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. Like don't be like, oh, that's uh, you know. Like a girl talks to a puppy and says, "Get over here!" You're like, "Oh, oh, yeah, that's the thing." He says, "Have right. the guy actually say it because, right. like, right? Like, it's if you say it earnestly, people are gonna be like, yeah, that's that's what we do.' Like, it's like Marvel. Like, that's how Marvel does it, right? Like, right. it's not how you know in the first X Men movie where he's like, "Oh, nice suit," and he's like, "What are you expecting? Yellow spandex, right?" Like, right. it's like, uh, okay. it's, it's like no, yeah. like buy into it. That's what we. That's why we fucking have been watching yeah, playing Mortal Kombat games for thirty years, right? Like, if I'm coming to this movie, and and I will say I do think superhero movies are probably you can probably lean into it a, or lean into it a little less. Like, you can play with it a little more because because superheroes have been around since forever. Like, people are going to recognize the character kind of modernized anyway, and also like at some point you're going to look at. Because they've been around so long, somewhere along the line, you're going to see a version of the hero. You're like, oh, that looks fucking ridiculous. You know what I mean? So you can you can play with those little scenarios. But for a video game thing, like the only reason we're here is because of the video game this is based off of. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. realistically, the audience for Mortal Kombat, right? There's no way they think this is going to be a Hollywood blockbuster, right? Like, you right. just you can't. There's no way they could possibly go into that expectation. Like, right. we're making a Mortal Kombat movie. And the thing is, if we pull it off well enough, I think enough people are still going to watch it as just like, hey, this action movie's pretty good. You know what I mean? And like, right, right. But the only, like, what's going to fuel that talk is still going to be the people that want to come see this because it's a Mortal Kombat movie are like, hey, I watched it just because it was Mortal Kombat, but it was actually pretty good. You know what right, I mean? exactly. That's exactly, yep, yep. I feel like people going into this that are super fans are probably going like, I just hope like we get like the Deadpool treatment where, you know, you got this thing and it was made in the same vein as everything that came before it or that it's based on and we got a pretty good version of that and it just so happened that people like that. Right, and that's kind of like, to me, that's it's the same. The opposite thing happened, but it's the expected reaction with the Sonic thing. Like, like if you're yeah. gonna make a Sonic movie, like the people that are gonna drive, like this was actually good, are going to be people that like Sonic the Hedgehog. So right. don't like change the way he looks. Like just just have Sonic. You know what I mean? Like right. like he said, if you're doing a video game movie, just do what the video game does and do it earnestly. Like. Right. This is Sonic. And then you don't have to be like, wow, you're a weird-looking hedgehog. Like, you don't even have to do that. Just, right. You'd be like, like where do you, we're do in you on it. For... It's Sonic. Like, we know who he is. We're in on it. <laughs> exactly. They'd be like, oh, he's he's an alien creature. and Right? Like it, yeah. it, It's sort no. of like... He's a hedgehog who runs fast, bro. <laughs> exactly. Like, don't... Notice. don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like... So, like, uh, growing up, I liked um, the... Well, I liked the first Transformers, but I liked sort of like... like Oh, you know, when they transform, it's a bunch of like little tiny moving pieces, right? It's like that, right. right? But then now I'm like, I'm okay with it being sort of like the Bumblebee movie where it's just boxy, right? Like he just gets up and his two legs are just the the back right. part of the truck split in half and he can walk like that, right? Like it's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it being not so, how is this going to operate in the real world, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, that's, there's no reason for it. Like you're, you're playing. You're playing with house money when you make these things. You know what I mean? Like right. you already yes, have yes, the templates, point, yeah. you already have the story, you already have like when you when you make a Mortal Kombat movie, it's not like you're having to make a whole bunch of fucking design choices and write this thing out from scratch. You know what I mean? Like right. just take what's there, 
what people like about it. You can skimp on the things that people don't like and then just push forward. Like, that's all you need. Right, right. Um, like, you don't, you know, it's like if, you know, you don't have to put in whole backstories of time travel and three different radons and blah, 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 blah. Just, you know, keep it simple and, you know, just show people why they would want to go, which is to see the characters do the lines and do the moves and shit. Right, exactly. So, um, with that being said, uh, what I thought about the trailer was that, like, it, like you said, it looked amazing. Like, mm-hmm. And the thing was, they did, so they, they, I think they walked a perfect line of that, like, you have the, get over here, the fucking, I'm so, the Kano wins, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you have all that stuff, but, like, they didn't go super cheesy with, like, because that's one thing Mortal Kombat can do, right? Like, Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat has sometimes, like, had finishing moves or special moves, where you're like, okay, like... Johnny Cage is, is a little different just because of who he is, but like Johnny Cage does a split and hit someone in the nuts. Like that's like one of his moves. You know what I mean? So it's like if you bring that, like you can have him do that in this movie. You know what I mean? But like don't have him do it as like a super table turning event. You know what I mean? Like right. So I think they did a good line of like keeping things from being too like cornbally cheesy. Like, for example, my favorite thing was, I think you got everything you could have ever wanted out of Sub-Zero in, like, that five, ten seconds of the trailer with Sub-Zero and Scorpion. He he fucking creates an ice dagger. That's dope. Stabs him. The blood comes out. He freezes it. Stabs him again. It's like, holy shit, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then he makes the wall, right? Like, the ice wall. Yeah. And then throws him through it. That's perfect. Right? Like, right. you didn't... Now, here's where it might have gone too far. If he fucking made the ice wall, threw him in it, and then the spikes of the ice just fucking impaled him, and he just hung there and, like, bled out, you'd be like, <laughs> that's a little much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but mm-hmm. we, And also, that's a thing that happens in Mortal Kombat. I right. can do that in the most recent Mortal Kombat game. So they, they tempered it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. all right, right, let's just throw him through the ice wall. But fans of Mortal Kombat, like, I saw the ice wall, I saw the ice dagger, like, those are all things he does. You know what I mean? Like, the, right. so it... it if you're a fan of Mortal Kombat, then fucking you're in, right? And I also the like... Liu Kang Fire Dragon that was like an awesome callback. Like it's just there because that's a thing that happens in Mortal Kombat again, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I I felt the reaction today toward it the same way that I felt a little bit about the Kong one, where or the the Godzilla vs Kong, where I was like, where did this come from? Because I know there's been Mortal Kombat fans, but I I didn't know that it was. I get. I I didn't know that it was this like sort of like oh shit like trending on Twitter fervent, but just because they haven't made an, a serious like movie attempt to make it into a thing since like ninety seven or ninety six or whenever the sequel for the last two came out, right? Right. I think the I think the thing is is the games have gotten more popular. Um, like like they were like you said the peak, right? You were talking mm-hmm. about the peak back in the nineties. So I think 